Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in youth ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry has. Welcome back, Chris. Yay, I missed you so much. Hey, how have you been since the, uh, the last podcast I was able to record? Oh, the, the last one you were able to record, wasn't that like, I don't know, it was a while ago, but um, it was actually a lot of fun having Alyssa on, um, having her co-host with me, and I, we're definitely going to have her back, and maybe you can be with us, you know, maybe I'll let you be with us next time. I'll be the guest. <laughs> you can be the guest with Alyssa and myself. <laughs> well, good. Well, I was gone because I was out on a mission trip. We took a, a group to, uh, to do some service, and I'm trying to be as ambiguous as possible because... I'm going to talk about it today. Uh-huh. Um, the the mission trip, the service work, God showed up. Do not get me wrong. I know there's there might be some lamenting on my behalf. Um, God showed up. It was amazing. Um, but there were a lot of things that just went wrong. Yeah. You know, and and so that's what I wanted to talk about today and kind of get your insight. Like, what do you do when everything seems to go wrong in ministry? Yeah. Um, and this is common, I, I think, among well, it should be if you're doing any kind of ministry, something is going to go awry, you know, regardless of what kind of ministry leader you are, whether it's RCIA, the pastor, DRE, youth minister, you're going to do something or participate in something that, that kind of falls apart is like from your eyes, you know, in your experience. And, and there were moments where I felt like we were free falling, like just there's, there's no recovery, there's no redemption. We're just free falling. And I felt, I felt helpless. You know, there was, there was a one point where we went and showed up to this place to go ahead and get our service. And they had either given our service away or they weren't ready for us or whatever. And so there was no communication. They just said, go sit in this building. And so we went and sat in that building for an hour and a half. Wow. And then an hour and a half, uh, two groups of the 12 or 13 that were there got an assignment and then the rest sat there for a total of three and a half hours before they finally said, well, I guess you guys can go pick up debris at this park. And so they did. And yeah. God showed up. Like they yeah. went and they cleaned up this park and one of the neighbors came out and she wrote them a letter and and, and read it to them and, and cried. And it was like, okay, we changed one life today. It was totally worth it. Yeah. But as as a, as an adult leader to have these teens come all the way out there and give, give so much. And then to sit in a, you know, in an air conditioning room, I wasn't complaining. The air conditioning was wonderful. <laughs> um, but, but to sit in a room for that long, it seemed like it was like just getting teenagers to show up to do mission work and then to have a day where they just didn't have the chance to actually do any mission work. Yeah. I felt like was an injustice and I was helpless to go ahead. I couldn't find a service site where I was at. Yeah. Let me, I, I want to actually ask you to tell us like, my guess is you went through a whole range of emotions and I want to speak into that. I want to hear more about that because often ministry leaders, when we're in those moments and we feel anger or frustration or disappointment or sadness, sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to feel that, to go through those emotions. And so I want, I want you to kind of just expose those, those feelings, if you will, so that in, I don't know, to validate what every ministry leader feels when they're okay. in those moments. It, it's, that's good. Um, the first, is this going to sound weird, but the first emotion I felt was pride. Mm. And that's because I was sitting there thinking, 
come on, guys, I could do this better than you guys could. Oh, I would have this. Yeah, I would have this organized already. Like I cannot believe that this is happening. Yeah, and so yeah. So not the good, good kind of pride. The oh, ar- no, no, you, no. you mean arrogance? I yes. yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I, I thought you were going to say you were proud of your kids, but you were like, no, I, I'm better than you. Is what you felt. <laughs> I think we're just gonna. I think we're gonna work through all seven deadly sins. So you know, at, at one point, I felt sloth. I was like, okay yesterday we worked hard today we get to sit in the air-conditioned building i'll just chill out no big deal right you know so just work through all of them but uh but when i got to wrath no but so what you just did with your microphone i'm move it back you you sounded better when you had it there sorry guys no we have been having microphone issues and it's been jumping up off the charts yeah trying to yeah so i'm I'm using my inside voice this is why we need our patrons to to step up and start donating man because yeah we need to get you a cough button we need you to get a better mic all this stuff anyway Sorry. Side note, guys. Sorry. Side note. Thanks for joining us on that side journey. (laughs) Now back to the main programming. So, no. So then, so I sat there and, uh, you know, just talked to the teens that I was sitting with and just kind of did ministry and and killed some time. And then 30 minutes goes by and I'm like, okay, now everyone's getting a little bit frustrated. I could sense it in the room. And so I put my game face on and I got up there and I said, hey, they might be having us do drywall. So I just gave an impromptu teaching on how to do drywall. (laughs) <laughs> and I was I was buying time. I was yeah. trying to make them feel like their time was valuable. And then uh, we went and sought out some information, and there was no information that was given. And they said, the one thing we need from you guys right now is your patience. Mm. I was like, okay. So then I said, hey, there's uh, – then I created activities. I created moments, things to kill the time instead of us just sitting there. Yep. And and I kept my game face on. Yeah. But inside, but inside I was frustrated. I was disappointed. And I felt helpless. Yeah. Because I, I could I could not fix the situation. It was just completely broken. How do yep. I fix this situation? And that was frustrating. So – Anyways, then the next one was managing the other adults' frustration. Uh-huh. That that was tough because there were some adults that my favorite was this uh, this cute little volunteer that we have, um, a cute little volunteer, this this longtime volunteer that we have who's bilingual. Got so frustrated that she couldn't speak English anymore. <laughs> like it was like she could only speak in Spanish because she was so frustrated, which was. Which was neat to see because no one in our group has ever seen her mad and she was uh, talking to the leadership. And uh, anyways, so anger was definitely there, but we didn't want to show that because then that that almost gives the participants permission to feel angry or disappointed or anything like that. Well, and that responsibility as the leader is so hard because as humans, we have these feelings and we want to express them to someone and we have to repress them for the most part as the leader. Because you don't want it to spread to everyone else and to the youth. Is that what you're sensing and feeling? Yeah. So when, when you see that the sky is falling, you don't want everyone else to know and worry when some of the people don't even recognize the sky is falling. And yeah. So, yeah. So, so, that, so that's hard. Um, so I kept my game face on, but I wasn't as sincere as I normally am. And yeah. uh, I think the teens can sort of see as well as the volunteers can sort of see like, oh gosh, Chris is acting a little bit different than normal. I wasn't as goofy as normal, you know, and things like that. So um, they sensed the heaviness. Yeah. And I just endured. That's what I did, but it wasn't like the best, the best situation. So what advice would you give someone who's in that situation or who might be going into a situation like that, Matt? Like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in situations like that for sure. And having, having to manage my emotions, my feelings like that, 
you know, again, this is where I, I'm going to repeat the same thing I think I said when I was talking with Alyssa, you know, is it's, it's not about you. It never was. And so it's what you're doing while you're there. It's not about you and how you're feeling. It's about them. And this is what you did, it seems like, really well, is you focused on the kids. You know, what do the people that I'm with, what do they need? And they needed games. They needed distraction. They needed training. They needed something so you were focused on the other, like you were focused on who you were there for. And I think that's, so that's some advice I would give. And you did what I typically do, but in like every situation calls for something different. I lean into it, you know, rather than saying, oh, we're out. I quit. We're going back to the, you know, we're going back to the, I don't know, the main house or whatever, or we're going back home. We're done. Lean into it and see what lessons that you might be able to learn yourself from it and what lessons you might be able to take and teach your team and your teens about. And you got to do that like several times throughout this. And I think that's what good ministry leaders do because ministry is hard. Working, you know, working anywhere is hard and it's easy to give up. It's, you know, it's not easy to lean into it and learn from. Yeah. So one piece is advocacy. That was one one element that also came into it that I found to be effective on a number of levels. And I want I want to share with you kind of those those couple of levels. The first piece is when there was no information after about forty five minutes after my little speech on how you do drywall, right? Mm-hmm. Then I went ahead and I found the people and I was like, What is going on? And I started advocating for the teens. Yep. Really, I was advocating for information so that we could make a decision with the teens that would help them be successful, yeah. even if it meant help them be successful in enduring a three and a half hour wait before information gets to them. Uh-huh. And so I had to go have those conversations. But then back at the camp, when everyone was done with their service sites, we gathered back at uh, back at this school that we were staying at, and they did programming and things like that. But we had a, an adult meeting, and of course, all of our adults were there was still steam coming out of their ears mm-hmm. and justifiably so mind you after the adult meeting i raised my hand and i invited the leader of the camp over and i went ahead in front of my team did advocacy so that they could see it so i said you know tomorrow we're not going out to the work site unless we have a work site that yeah. was an injustice and and things like that and then the uh the woman who got so mad that she couldn't speak english anymore after that that moment was done the leader walked away and I turned back to the group and she gave me a thumbs up and I knew <laughs> I knew that yeah. that advocacy had soothed over the mess that was earlier in the day. Yeah. And the rest of the camp went very well, but it it fell apart hard on that day and yeah. so advocacy is another piece, but sometimes even when you advocate like I did back at the air conditioned building where we were all waiting, even the advocacy there turned into well you just got to wait some more and it was like it didn't fix anything. Uh-huh. And and that's the hardest thing and yet God still loves those teens. God still loves me. God still desires successful ministry in the midst of things falling apart. Like God never left us. Yeah. God was just as present in that air-conditioned building as he would have been at a work site. And that's something that I had a lot of trouble, A, understanding, and B, communicating to the teens or, or the adults who were so frustrated that we were stuck there. Yeah, and I don't know if it would. I would say that you wouldn't understand that. It's recognizing it because when you're in that, what you see is your immediate, you know, the, like what's going on right around you. You don't necessarily see the long game. You don't see what God's doing with everything, and so you don't you don't recognize God's here. You know that. I mean, if if you if if some, when someone says that, you're like, oh yeah, I know that. 
but you just didn't recognize it. One of the things that I really like about what you did, you know, a lot of a lot of this is leadership stuff and advocating in front of others in an un- unjust or unjust situation shows them that it's okay to speak up when things are unjust. It and and you show them how to do it. How to do it with charity, but firmness. And that's that's the the role of a leader is to be able to do that to address those situations that need to be addressed in charity, in a charitable way. And that's also just for you to do that on the behalf of the other leader because the other leader needs to know uh, the level of frustration. They need to know what happened, what didn't, for them to even have a chance of correcting it. And for you to, it seems like to me that you took uh, that moment to coach as well. To, to coach that other person on how to handle situations like this. Is that, yes. is that, is that right? You're, you're absolutely right. In, in regards to that aspect, it was, it was a neat moment for the team. It wasn't just a neat moment for the leader. Yeah. And, uh, and that, 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 I think that's the beauty of advocacy and doing advocacy in front of others. I think it does create a, an awesome model for people. But as we continue through the range of emotions that I experienced, the rest of the trip, I was very dismissive of mm. the leader leadership at the camp. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I, the trust was broken because they didn't care for us. And when things fell apart, they didn't communicate why or how or what we could do. You know, the, it would have just been great to, for them to say, hey, something something bad happened. We don't have your service sites today. I'm going to hang here and try and work it out. But you guys probably have about two hours to kill. And then I could yeah. have gone into youth ministry mode and said, hey, guys, we got two hours let's go ahead and do this or let's go ahead and do that in the meantime. And then we'll go ahead and come back here or whatever it is. There could have been so many other ideas that they could have, and I was like, they didn't give us the chance. They didn't even give us the chance to be able to have that information to, 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 to better the experience. And so I was real dismissive. I wrote them off. And so that, that I think comes back to pride or arrogance as well, yeah. which is, which is dangerous and which compounds compounds the the problem i was part of the problem at camp you know yeah you you became that after you know this is that what you're saying yes and i have to own it like that was not their fault that was my fault for not not jumping on board and being being a team player after that happened and i think that's something we have to caution ourselves at and there's this weird line this weird balance that we have to find because if it was just 100% blind trust, and let's go ahead and do that again, then the teens that I was ministering to could have been in a situation where they were had another bad situation, and that wouldn't have been okay. Yeah. So you have to have some of your guard up. You can forgive and not forget, so to speak. Yeah. But I, I was I was bitter. I was sophomoric. You know, yeah. I had a text text thread with another adult where it was basically one message after another. Over, I mean, just it was a few messages where we were just basically rolling our eyes over lamenting over the situation that had since been passed and resolved. Well, and you may have been doing, and I don't know if you did, like the same so the same kind of responses throughout the rest of the week. Oh, this is just their leadership. Or, and again, dismissing them throughout the rest of the week. Anytime something happened, it's like, oh yeah, I expect that. And very dismissive in that way. Yeah, but the, the saddest thing is, is that God did. Not this isn't the saddest thing. The good news is God did work. <laughs> God did work through them yeah. throughout the rest of the week and, and earlier in the week too. But I wasn't, the saddest thing is, is that I wasn't open or responsive to that yep. because I had written them off and in writing them off, I wrote off what God could do through them. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who is in that situation, who's been burned like that? I mean, it's, Are you it's too so close to the situation? <laughs> like you're not there yet. <laughs> is that, so first of all, I would love to use my outside voice. I am trying so hard not to mess up this microphone situation to the listener. If you're like, man, Chris doesn't seem as passionate. I am passionate, but when I talk at this level, your ears explode. So what I would say <laughs> is to, to answer your question is like I would, the advice I would give is to recognize that there is a delicate line, this delicate balance between advocacy or kind of protecting your your team and forgiving and entering back into that situation. Yeah. But but this situation is not the most common situation. I think a lot of times you go ahead and you show up to to an event, the microphone's not working, the handout, the the copy machine, right? I have had more youth ministry nights threatened by a copy machine that just won't make the copies than by anything else. And sometimes you just go with it and you recognize that even if the uh, the AV stuff doesn't show up, even if the copier won't show up and won't be on your team, God is still on your team. God still desires successful ministry in your ministry, Yep. even Absolutely. if everything else falls apart and the Holy Spirit will still work through you. The Holy Spirit will still work in spite of you. The Holy Spirit will still work in spite of the situation or the circumstances around you. And we have to have confidence in that, like a bold confidence. And when that happens, then ministry is even more effective. Like, oh, the talk didn't really have a microphone, but he shouted out the message or she shouted out the message, or we shouted the bullet points out in a team meeting. And then we just broke into our small groups and shared the message. And it was more powerful than we ever thought because God has a plan. God has a plan. And there was a yeah. plan for us sitting in that air conditioned place for, for the entire day. And I built some relationships that were awesome and some other leaders did too. And, uh, and I think that maybe just maybe he worked more effectively in that area than he would have in another way. Yeah. So is it, is it, is it too simplistic to say, like, just ask yourself, how can God work through this or how will God work through this or God just saying, God, I trust that you will work through this. Right. Yeah. But, but then, then the flip side is, is God also works through the planning. Uh-huh. So beforehand, God will work through the planning as well, because if we're just like, oh, God will show up no matter what, then we have this dangerous mentality of like, well, then why plan or prepare talk whatsoever? Why not just stand up in front of everyone and just wait for the Holy Spirit to come and lead? Sure. Well, the Holy Spirit comes and leads when you're sitting there with your clipboard in hand and you're writing notes in the chapel about what the bullet points are, or when you're praying months in advance about what you're going to do with your ministry the Holy Spirit shows up there and that's where the Holy Spirit's effective. And then in execution, when things need to shift a little bit this way or that way, the Holy Spirit's also there to give nudges. And so we can't just fly by the seat of our pants and, and yeah. rely rely yeah, no. on the Holy Spirit just in the moments. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit in the planning time as well and, and do that diligence. So it's a unique balance, but when things fall apart, the Holy Spirit does not. Yeah. And that's what that's all I was saying is like the whole this whole podcast has been when things fall apart. So when things fall apart your response and i don't know again i don't want to oversimplify the response but it's like god how are you moving here like when things fall apart god where are you Um, and look for that and maybe that's one way to respond to those situations not not to how to do ministry in general but just when things fall apart god where are you and i think having a sense of humor and humility about it as well are uh, helpful yeah. To go along with that, not as important as like, and you know, God, where are you? But um, <laughs> I've been in situations, and I'm sure you have too, where you're seeing that, oh my gosh, this game or this activity or this talk is just not happening. Yeah. Like I, I, I had a moment where we cut off worship just because it was, 
it was not working. And I was just like, guys, this is not working. I mean, yeah. ever, did everyone else see it? And they're laughing. They're like, yeah, that was horrible. What was happening with that? You know? And I, I've yeah. cut it off and I said, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Let's go ahead and shift into a familiar prayer, like in Our Father or Hail Mary. In and those then we moments, moved on. I've actually like made sure to confirm that feeling with other people. And what you just talked about, you did. But if you have a feeling that something's not going right, it's always good to get confirmation from other people because it may be that the Holy Spirit's moving. You just, for some reason, aren't sensing it, you know? Right. And that, that'd be the difference uh, and maybe another show topic of not what happens when things fall apart, but what happens when you fall apart. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And so confirmation. And that, that, that's why a team, a ministry leader, like we say, you should never minister alone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Any other feelings you want to dive into? Oh, I've got so many feelings, so many feelings All that the I want to dive into. All the feels. Um, yeah, no, it's just afterwards looking back, it's uh, it's it's hard to um, have confidence. Like, what's going to happen next year? What's going to happen at the next youth night or the next time we try this, right? And so when things fall apart, we all of a sudden have this to where we want to go back to our safe zone. Yeah. And I would encourage you, listener, not to go back to the safe zone. It is worth – failure is worth the lesson learned so that you can go ahead and further the ministry. The people that you minister to are worth a little bit of a calculated experimentation so that you can go ahead and share the gospel in bold and fresh ways. Because if if we just crawl back into what we've always been doing, then we miss the growth, the change, the, you know, generation X is different than generation Z, different than the millennials, you know, and all this. And so that means that our our methods, the content's the same, but our methods needs to change. And that it, that requires risk. And risk means that failure is an option yeah. or things falling apart is an option. Do not be discouraged by that, but learn from it and be bold enough to move forward. Because as we start talking about next year, what are we going to do for our mission trip? We're like, oh, do we even do a mission trip? Some of the teens had a, a negative experience. And it's like, yes, we have to continue to be bold and move things forward in spite of failure or the risk of failure or things falling apart. Yeah. And, and the last thing I would want to say about all this is when stuff like this happens, it's the opportune, tie, opportune time for the enemy of your soul to sow doubt. So this is the time when you're going to think, oh, crap, I'm an awful youth minister. I brought them to this place, you know, or I did this, I did that. And this is the time where the devil will want to convince you that that's true. Mm-hmm. And so I would just caution anyone who's had an experience like this to make sure that they're still diving into prayer and they're listening to the truth that they are a beloved son or daughter of God and he has them right where, they, where he wants them. And they need to pay attention to that and, and maybe look back on past consolations, past wins in ministry so that you can, again, kind of convince yourself that, that this isn't who I am. This failure or whatever this was isn't who I am. I am called to this position. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a calling that goes deeper than the failure that uh, makes you want to run away. Yeah. I would also say if you have not experienced failure in ministry yet or you haven't experienced things falling apart in ministry yet, that you have not reached boldly enough into your ministerial uh, depth. Yeah. And, uh, and and do it because God has a lesson in, in the failure. God has a lesson in the challenges for you. And, <laughs> 
you know, when you pray for humility, you know, when you pray for patience, that's my favorite one. And then all oh, yeah. of a sudden you have all these opportunities to grow in patience. Yep. It's, it's, it's horrible, but, but those opportunities are what grows us. And I, I think I grew this last, uh, this last week with the mission trip. Um, and they weren't lessons that I want to learn again, yep. but I definitely grew. So, well, thank you guys so much. Um, I encourage you to, to be bold. And, uh, and so as we move forward, uh, how can our listeners find us, Matt? Well, as always, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Google Play. Just look for MLA Podcast. You can check us out on mlapodcast.com, and you can email us at mla at ablazeyouth.org. Now, with that Facebook, it's actually a closed group. It's a safe place. <laughs> Is it really closed? Nobody it, can come in? No, no. It's a closed group in the sense that you have to request to come in. So don't uh, be afraid. Just gotcha. request, and Matt and I will hit the approve button, and you'll be a yeah, part of the team. Absolutely. Um, but... Uh, but it is. It's going to be a place where there's not a lot of trolls in there. Sure. Outside of you and me, yeah. there's not a lot of trolls. <laughs> well, and we, and so. we posted, we gave them first crack at a video that we eventually shared to everybody on Facebook from, you know, one of our podcasts, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, beautiful. It was, your voice was so deep and rich with the bass. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you guys, write us a review on, uh, on, on uh, iTunes or wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. And also um, share this with another minister. Um, share it. Talk to someone else, another ministry leader. You can also support us at Patreon. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash MLA podcast. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. And we'll see you next time on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.